Okay, so we're gonna press in for 20 minutes. Um, again, I don't wanna go over, and 20 minutes goes by so fast. <laughs> so fast, but it's good, because, you know, discipline, to stay focused. Um, I, I said last time that I was gonna begin uh, talking about something in the tabernacle, but I've been instructed to go back, so I have to go back. Uh, one of the things that we do have to consider is when a letter is written. Now, I'm not, I'm not teaching, you know, First John. I'm pulling things out of First John that I see that we're dealing with today. And so there's already been instruction in righteousness given. The word of God must be our standard and our go-to, regardless of the times that we're in, regardless of how things are said to be evolving and shifting. There are things that have not uh, changed but have, yes, evolved into something worse. But the word of God is, it is so. It is final. It is the standard, right, by which we live. Not rules and regulations, but life. Life. It is our life, right? So regardless of how things are happening and changing the word of god continues forever in its state it doesn't need to change it doesn't need to evolve it is perfect within itself right okay so i have to go back so ephesus we have to look at um the letter that john was writing um I'm sorry, this letter that John was writing was to Ephesus. Ephesus was a port where almost any and everything came in and out. It had to pass through Ephesus. So you can imagine all the, the trends and the fads and philosophies and things that went through. And so we know that uh, when Paul dealt with this church in Acts, this is where John it is said that he ended up spending his final days, right, in Ephesus. So there was a lot of things going on in there. And, you know, false teachings was one. A lot of times people assume that false teachings come uh, from the outside into the church or try to invade, you know, physical ministries and stuff. But sometimes there are things that there are teachings that come from within like a mold you know that that have come in among and try to spread you know not necessarily trying to evade this way but springing out from so um and i say that because this the greeks when we see in corinthians now john is writing to not just jews but greeks all different types of uh, cultures and ethnic group, again, pass through Ephesus and remain in Ephesus. So it is a mixture of a diverse group of people. But nevertheless, the word of God does not change with cultures. It's not, it does not conform to your ethnic group. Okay, it remains the same. So you must allow the renewing of the mind, the being transformed by the renewing of your mind. All right, so the word of God must be spoken. 
The churches at Ephesus had issues with this because of the Greeks. Love, that's the Greeks. False doctrines and faith, that's the Jews. So the Jews have consistently had an issue with faith and doctrine. The Greeks had issue with love. Why? They're much learning. They're much learning. Paul said, uh, of the, I think it was the Corinthians, he, and he said, you know, um, knowledge puff up or causes you to become proud. And see, pride will choke the love out of anything. Because of what you know, you don't extend compassion or mercy. So, so in, in, in Corinthians 12, dealing with the Greeks, he says, Paul says, if I have all of these, all of these giftings, everything, and I don't have love, I'm paraphrasing, but you can go to Corinthians 12. Um, if I don't have love, I'm just basically a noisemaker. I'm just making noise. All right. Paul's first epistle to Timothy, which is in the mid 60s AD. We begin to see some evidence of, of this doctrinal shift. Okay, of what versus what was spoken to the Corinthians and to Ephesus in the beginning. So Paul says, as I urge you upon my departure, Timothy, for Macedonia, remain on at Ephesus so that you may instruct certain men not to teach strange doctrines, nor to pay attention to myths and in this genealogies, uh, verse uh, chapter one, verse three and four, which give rise to mere speculation rather than furthering the administration of God, which is by faith. So John in the book of Revelation and then John, first John was still addressing the same problem. Okay. All right. So first John says, John says, that which, not who, that which is from the beginning. Now let's start right here. To the Greeks, that's alpha. All right? To the Jews, that's alev. Alpha, omega, to the Greeks. Alev, to the Hebrews. Now let's, let's look at when this word we use. The beginning, right? Revelations 1 8. Let's go there. I'm doing this this way so that you can see um, that I'm actually going to the Word of God <laughs> at this moment. Okay. Revelation 1 8. God said of Himself, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning. And the ending. When God says he's Alpha and Omega, he's not talking about the beginning. He began when time began. He is from the beginning. He is from the beginning. He is without end. So it's almost like he is uh, without beginning. Without end. Yet from the beginning, it's limitless. Omega limitless all right let's go back 
I just wanted to read. This is what God has said of himself. So when John says that which is from the beginning, he's not speculating or coming up with his own idea of beginning. He, he is taking what God has said of himself. So he is referring to God himself. Okay. All right. To the Alpha. So to the Hebrews, we see A and we see the number one and they go by pictures and we're going to get into that too. Uh, Revelation 111, God refers to himself as Alpha Omega. Let's look at Revelation 21, right? 21, 1 and 6. There should be a big emphasis put on Revelation um, 21 and 6 because of what it reveals. And he said unto me, It is done. So it's like there's an end, but to what? I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a verse of the fountain of water of life free. He that overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Hmm. Okay. Let's go back. This is what God has already said of himself. All right. It shows the intent of God from the beginning. That's why I look at Revelations. Uh, I'm sorry. Let me go back. I have to say this before I continue um, next week. So I do want to. All right. Revelation 21. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Why is that a big deal? Because in the beginning, in Genesis, it says God made the heaven and the earth. Revelation 21. I saw, John said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. So when he said there was no more sea, the spirit of the Lord hovered over the waters when we see in Genesis in the beginning of the making of the heavens and the earth. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from from God out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying behold the tabernacle of God now this is why because I did want to touch on certain things in the tabernacle okay that revealed who God is so I had to go back and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying behold the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and he shall be they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God 
And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. I make all things new. I that made everything. Mm -hmm. Colossians let us know that all things were made by, made by him, through him, and for him. And by him all things do exist. This is that he. Mm -hmm. And he said unto me. Mm, let me I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm sorry. And he that sat upon the throne and said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write for these words are true and faithful. They are true and faithful. There's no need for the changing, evolving. He said unto me, it is done. It is done. It, it is done. What is that? It, it is done. And I am Alpha and Omega. See, this was God's intention from the beginning. Mm -hmm. He said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of water and of life freely. Now, I had to read that because there was an intention in the beginning of God had an intention, right? There came, there comes a time where he said it is finished. All right? God made the heavens and the earth. Right? Okay. Then he made a new. But God also created man. God put man in the earth that he created. He gave him dominion. So if God made that anew, there's something that he has to also do with his creation, that man that he created. There's something that has to, if there is a new earth and a new heaven, there has to be a newness when it comes to that which he put in the earth for himself. Okay? So... I, I had to say that. I wanted to go back and say that. Because sometimes we we talk about a thing without the revealing of the intent. And the, the intent sometimes get lost in all of the other things. So I wanted to say that first. That God has always has an intent. Intent. God is not reacting to things that he does he has done that he will do and what he is doing is not a reaction to something it's not a reaction to what is being done or what will be done or what has been done it is his it has always been his intent and he will fulfill his intent his heart's desire christ has come the word of god to do the will of god so there was an intent before. There was a purpose. There was a plan before he even came. Before he comes again, there will be things that have to happen 
But God is in control because he has from the beginning had an intent for all things. Yes? Amen. Okay. So, Alpha Omega to the Greek, beginning and the end. A left tie to the Hebrew. But there's something in between. There is something in between. We see Alpha Bet. I mean, you read from this in Hebrew, you read from this way to this way, right? Alphabet. Et is in the middle. Et is what joins the beginning and the end. I don't want to get ahead of myself. <laughs> Tav is the last character in the Hebrew alphabet, right? Et. That's okay. Why is that important? It represents a sacred enclosing, but it also has a, it's a picture of a cross. That's what's in the middle. There's a beginning, there's an ending, but in the middle, there's a cross. Why is that important? When we look at beginning, the picture the Hebrews have is a ox. It's an ox, I'm sorry, an ox. If you are looking down at the ox from this, from, from being the, the farmer or the one who yoked them together, the oxes together, and you look down, you will see this. This is the head of the ox. This is the yoke. It's a cross. But but it represents also an enclosed place, which is interesting. And the, the most important closed place that has been on the earth is the Holy of Holies, right? Uh, in the temple or in the tabernacle, which represents the presence of the Lord. Let's go to Re Revelation 22, um, 13. I'm sorry, um, yeah, 2213. I'm going back and I'm looking at my notes because I, I have to say these things, they're like foundational. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Verse 12, he says, and behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work. It's interesting. The ox. Work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commands that they may have right to the tree of life. My 20 minutes is up. So we're going to continue uh, having laid that foundation. We're going to go into some places <laughs> pressing 20 more minutes. I hope that as I speak, as I share, it is impressing upon your mind a picture of, of who God is and what his intent is. So that you may allow the aligning of the intent of his heart 
to align, rather, your life, to align your life up with his divine will. Be blessed.